You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, I know this to be a room full of dreamers now, and I know those listening, those that uh, were here last week that couldn't be here today, I know that they are dreamers now. Because I witnessed this. Last week I witnessed hopelessness flee. Last week I witnessed in individual stories. Now whether you chose to pick it back up again, that's your choice. But I, I recognized in a moment, I saw and we all witnessed in a moment last week, hopelessness flee from the people of God because they chose hope over all else. Amen? Amen. What, a, what an amazing thing. Romans 8.19, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Verse 22 says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Until now. For a people of hope dwell here. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'll sit back down here and wait for you to get going. We don't get to do this. You don't get to, This is not a brand new thing. It's not like it's like everything was wiped clean from last week. It's a new service. It's like, oh, he didn't remember anything. I don't, for, I don't remember a lot. But I do, I, I'm pretty good at about a week span. So you're still not in the clear. Next week you can stop interacting with me during the service because I might have forgotten. But last week we stood and we said yes to what God had for us. And I expect the same people that filled this room last week to fill this room today. Amen? Amen? You better. Alright. I'll, I'll stop. I'll just give you the silent treatment and we can sit here in awkwardness. I'll have Steve lock the door and we'll just stay here. Don't test me. I've got toddlers at home. They're more stubborn than me. A people who hear, see, and dream of heaven. Amen, amen, amen. And there is no place I'd rather be then in this time with you, surrounded by the presence of our King together, together in hope. Amen? Amen? And we are here to establish hope in our city. This city with the highway of holiness driving people to it. Some who have never been here, and this has been the fascinating thing for me in this week, and I really, this is not a, if you're expecting a new teaching week after week, you'll just be disappointed. Because that's not what this is about. I am not here to simply be a teacher, but I am here to steward the vision God gives me for us. Period. If that's a new teaching of Revelation, sweet. If that's a reminder that we would continue to walk in what He did the week prior, then that's what we're doing. And today is one of those days that we would remember and refocus all that He has spoken in the weeks prior and all that He's doing today. That we would recognize in a new light things that He has spoken from years and years ago, like this highway of holiness. And I've, had it, I've been thinking about it for several weeks, how the Lord has uh, got these people in... I, I've never existed in... Sun, I've only existed in Sundown for seven years, but I've never seen a time like I see right now where there are so many new people coming to Sundown. Now, some of you that have been here a long time have recognized that, but in the last seven years, that has not been the case. There have been houses that have sat on the market for years. And now there are houses that sit on the market for hours and they're gone. People are coming. Nothing's changed in our school. If anything, we're losing money. We're not as flashy as everybody used to think Sundown was. 
Because we don't have the same money that we used to have. Can't buy the same cool stuff. Can't offer the same perks. Ask any teacher. It's changing. And it's not on this upper trend. It's, it's going down as, as the state gets more, more greedy. So sundown is changing. It's looking different. But why are people coming? And this is the very interesting thing. There are so many people that are coming back. I've had several conversations with people that have come back to sundown and I asked why and they're like, I don't know. I said I never would. And, I'm back. and it's not like they lost a job and they had to move in with mom and dad. They came, they have families, they, got, they went off, they got married, they live in other places and then they decided to move back to sundown. Why is that? And I'm telling you right now, I have several people in our own family, mine and Darby's own family, that want to live here. They want to be here. This highway of holiness that is stretched so far and there are people that are coming and they're running to it. But I would ask you, what will they find when they get here? Colossians 1.16 says, it'll be on the board, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. All things, all people made for Him, and He is drawing them here and calling them back. Not, so this is the important thing, not so that those that are coming to a new place or those that are returning to a place where they've been before would find everything they left. The people that are leaving Dallas or Lubbock or wherever they're leaving and they're coming to sundown, they're not leaving that they would find everything they left back there. And the people that left here with a story and have come back, again, are not coming back that they would find the same brokenness, the same depression, the same hurt, the same hate, the same turmoil that they left. But that they may see the kingdom of our God waiting for them with open arms. Amen? Amen. That they would encounter a people of hope. A people of hope. A people that are in the world and not of it. A people of hope that worship and serve and walk with a God of hope. The God of hope. And it's so exciting. But how do we ensure this? Matthew 25, go there now. Jay has talked to us about this passage several times over the last few weeks. It's a wonderful passage. But it's just uh, we're, we're just looking on it with a little different light today. Verse 14 is where we'll start. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into, enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents and I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have done faithfully over little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and the cast and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be reaping and gnashing of teeth. And I just have to tell you, sometimes uh, I have a hard time reading because I start reading and the Lord starts speaking of things on how the sermon's changing. The sermon's just changed in this, those verses. I don't know how he does it. Did I read it? Because there's like half of it. I'm like, I don't know how I got to this verse. I don't remember what I just said. It's a good thing I've studied the passage before or we'd be in trouble. This was my first time, but the Lord was just very clearly highlighting some things that I'm to release that I thought were just for myself, and I guess I received it because now it's your turn. But it's when I told you that He was correcting things in me up there, He was, and I said yes to it, and so now it's your turn. But we'll get to that in a second. Remembering back to what Jay said, it's not about the amount that was given, it's about the heart that was receiving the amount. It didn't matter because one had five and one was given two. Those are very different. There's less. But the one with two matched the heart of the one with five, even though he was given less. His heart was to steward well. It didn't matter what he was given. His heart was to serve his master well and steward what had been given well, as though it was the five that was just given in front of him. It's a beautiful example of the heart that God desires. Those that are uh, desiring to operate in obedience to Him, to walk with Him and to be His co-laborers. This is a reflection on the heart that He desires. God has called us in this season to be kindness. To desire that. And if it's demoing a building or just speaking a kind word to a stranger, he has, he has spoken for us to be kindness. And it's not about what is given, but the heart to do the will of the Father with whatever is given. Whatever opportunity. We have this thing called the Kindness Project. This has been a wonderful thing. But what a lot of us think about when we think of the Kindness Project is we think of the demoing of buildings, the clearing of lots, the burning of houses and different things like that, the cleaning up of our city on a big scale. And... For the most part, that's what it's been. But that is not what the Kindness Project is. That is just a piece of the Kindness Project. We have a friend that has a very big tractor, and so we can do cool things with it. That's all that is. There's opportunities to do really fun things and different things and to clean up our city, to be kindness to our city. But that is not the Kindness Project. So many have thought that that's what it is. It's not true. The Kindness Project is about looking for any and every opportunity, no matter how big or small, to establish kindness. The kindness of God in a place where there wasn't any before. And that's the kicker. That is the main point of all of this. If you want to be a part of the Kindness Project, look for places where kindness does not exist and bring it to those places. That is the Kindness Project. 
You don't need permission from the Kindness Project nonprofit to go and do something and to go and be kind. If you want to burn down a city building, please contact us first and we'll put you in touch with people. But if you see a neighbor taking out trash and having a hard time because there's too much and they're having to make one trip, more than one trip, stop and help them. If you see somebody trying to load their car with groceries and there's a lot in there, stop. Help them load it. If you see somebody that looks like they might just be having a hard day, go up and ask them how they're doing. Or just say something as, I have seen somebody's mood shift completely because I made a joke about the insanity that is West Texas weather. Just look miserable. Make a comment about the weather and it's like somebody's talking to me. Who knows the last time somebody engaged in conversation with that person. It is so simple. It is looking. That is the kindness project. The kindness project is simply executing the vision that God has released over this church to be the vessels for the kindness of God into every place we see it needed. And guess what? It's needed everywhere. So you don't have to look very hard. Even if there has been... If you were kind to one person on a Tuesday, guess what? Kindness doesn't exist for that person on a Wednesday. So go be kindness to them that day too. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've been kind to this person multiple times. Be kind to them as many times as it takes for them to receive it for themselves and begin to operate in it for themselves. The kindness of God in every place where there wasn't. No matter the size. A man who was amazing at this, um, as Jay said, was Don. And Don and Joanne... You want to know what kindness looks like? Look at Don and Joanne. I, and I, I can articulate the first day in my office. I've said this several times. I spoke about it at the funeral. But I, and if Joanne's watching this, this will be funny for later. But my first day in the office uh, as a youth pastor, and I, my first day where I got to actually sit down and begin to write out what the Lord was wanting to do and really sit there and prepare a Wednesday night lesson, my first real day in the office. And I had already had a very interesting week uh, introduction to this church. Um, but Joanne walks in. And I just met her that Sunday for the first time. And she looked at me and asked, Do you remember my name? I did not. But in a moment... My heart sunk because it was like, this is the first person that has asked me about this. Like, Lord, please help me. And he, I just heard Joanne. And I said it, Joanne. And sh she grabbed me and she said, I love this man. And that has been her testimony to me from that day on. Kindness. And I, I remember getting hugged by this lady thinking, this is not such a bad place. This is pretty wonderful. And Don was the same way. You want to know how somebody can just show up in their presence, bring joy overflowing to every person involved, especially a bunch of grown men that are doing grown men things in a shack and demoing and construct. I mean, oh, ugh, stuff makes your beard grow longer. Just be in the presence of somebody that has always and only ever shown you kindness. I'm telling you, I remember, I, I had forgotten this memory, but as Jay began to speak about it, I began to remember when I... I was outside and I saw them and I, I was overflowing with joy to see those two people. A man that would have been there right beside us the entire time if his body would have allowed him to be. 
And that's the other beautiful thing about this. The Kindness Project, what I heard Don say all the time is, I wish I could be out there with you guys. But he just couldn't. But that did not stop him from being the kindness of God in any place that he could be the kindness of God. And that is the heart of the man with the talents. It doesn't matter what my capacity, what my capability, I will serve in the place that I can serve. How I can serve. How I can steward these, this breath that has been given to me. And I'm telling you, when he was just days away from going home to be Jesus, be with Jesus, he did not change. He was still that kindness. He couldn't hardly talk, but he would work up the energy to say a nice and kind thing to everyone that entered that room. It was overflowing out of him. It didn't matter what capacity he had to steward it. He was going to steward every opportunity given, and that looked like being kind in every breath he took. It was an amazing thing to witness. And so now how the sermon has changed. Um... I sat up here, and this is, I can only do this uh, because I love and trust you. And uh, a lot of pastors can't really be honest with the people they're speaking to. And that's, that's really, really sad. Um, but I can be honest. Um, we, I, I work with a board that encourages this honesty, so I'm grateful for it. But I was sitting here, and we had a great Sunday last week, and I began to immediately measure the amount of empty seats in this room discouraged. Not discouraged because there are not people here. Discouraged because there's not, in my mind, enough people to receive what God has to say today. And, that, and I think everyone in here that has been coming here for any period of time can relate to that. Like, oh, we're missing it. Not enough people are here to hear what the Lord is doing and what He's working, and that is just not the case. Because we sat up here last week, or we stood up here, and we anointed Everyone in this room, myself included, my sister anointed me and I was so grateful for that because um, just kind of whizzed through the service and totally forgot about, I want, I want to be able to be anointed for those things too. But that we would have eyes, ears to hear the kingdom, eyes to see the kingdom coming in, a mind to dream of the kingdom. And I went home that night and I, got, I, I had a dream. I couldn't see faces, but I could not see chairs. Because all I could see were people. And I came up here so excited to preach the gospel, to preach what the Lord had brought, the week's revelation that He had given. I didn't know what I was, what I was saying, but I just knew I had the same excitement that I had last week and the week before and the week before and the week before to preach. But it wasn't because of the number. And I just understood the dream right there because Jay allowed for the moment of clarity for God to speak the rest of it said, because your emotions, your mentality, and your enthusiasm and urgency are shifted based on the empty seats and the full seats. And I think that's the same for all of us. We measure the, the effectiveness of God and His working based on the amount of seats in here or the amount of seats empty. Those that are filled and those that are not. And then we say, people have rejected God. Or it's not taking place. It's not happening. What the Lord wants to do is not coming true. We're not seeing it come to fruition. And the Lord just said, as I was reading through Matthew, totally oblivious to the first 15 verses that we read. I, I'm totally honest. I have no recollection of them. 
totally blacked out. As the Lord was saying, there are hearts in here that shared the same heart you did. But my question now is it has totally shifted from where we were going to finish. I needed to speak about the Kindness Project that we would recognize vision going forward correctly that the Kindness Project is you. And every breath that you take, you can be the Kindness Project and you have to be it. Because Shorty, Danny, and myself are really not going to be very good at it if it's just us three being kind. But it's for all of us. But where we need to go now is we need to be those that desire the heart of God more than we desire this place to be filled. And then this place will be filled. But thank God He is a God that would protect us from this house being filled when we did not look at Him with the right mind and with the right heart. I would much rather serve a God that would withhold a good thing from me until I'm ready to receive that good thing. Right? We've said this before, it would be as foolish as me giving my son the keys to the truck saying, get us home, buddy. That six-year-old does not have the capacity to receive that good thing. But if I just said, I gave a truck to my kid, you would think, man, that's a good thing. If I said I gave a truck to my six-year-old, it changes. That is not a good thing. It was a bad thing. It's an irresponsible thing. And our God is not an irresponsible God. He is responsible with our hearts. You have to hear this. He's responsible. With, he's a perfect gentleman that cares tenderly and fiercely for your heart. So He will not allow us to go to a place where, that we are not ready to handle and receive what He has for us in that place, so we will stay here. Until the heart that reflects this church, that comes out of this church, is a heart that just desires Jesus, no matter how He comes or who hears it. I just desire to hear from God. And I just desire, I don't care if there's two of us in here, that is the body of Christ. Where more than one is gathered, that's the body of Christ. So if there are two of us in here, the body of Christ dwells there. And God is the head of that body just the same as He's the head of the body that has a 10,000 attendance every Sunday deal. He is the head of that body. But is our heart, the heart of the man with the five talents, the man with the two talents, or are we the man with one? The take and hide away, not believing that God can do anything with what has been brought. But this opportunity that has been given, I'm telling you right now, as that servant learned, will never be given again. He didn't get a do-over because now he understands. But this day will never come again. It's a Sunday in 2022, and this Sunday will never exist again. But this group is here together. And does this group, do we individually rejoice over what the Lord is doing and what He's bringing the same as we would if there was not a room for people to sit because it was so full? Will that change the way, what He asked me, will you change the way you bring my word, not your word, my word, to my people based on how many are in attendance? It was until that moment, it, the answer was yes. I will absolutely change. I will be discouraged. I'll go home. I, my thought was, before I got up here, or before we, I got on the drums, oh, I'm just ready for this to be over. There's not enough people to get me excited. And I, 
Now, the Lord has dealt with me, so you don't get to deal with me. The Lord's already dealt with me. All right, I'm good. But he dealt with me right there. But what he did say is, you are not alone in this. And you have received it, and now it is time for them to receive. So I would ask you to stand now. And again, we're past, uh, I love you, and you know I love you, but we're past with uh, me caring what you're comfortable with. So in obedience, we're going to do these things. I'll never make you do something just because I want to see you do something. But I will, yeah, dance, Carrie, come on. I'll make you be obedient. I won't make you be obedient, but I'll make it really uncomfortable if you choose to be disobedient. So as you're standing, I would like for you to just open your hands in front of you to receive this. Close your eyes and receive this. You have eyes anointed to see the opportunities where kindness is needed. You have ears anointed to hear of the opportunities where kindness is needed. And you have a mind anointed to dream of what could be and of what will be in this house. And now receive this. Make this covenant with God, this this promise to Him here and now. God, we will not be the servant with the one talent. But Father God, I pray that right now You would burn it into our hearts as a brand that could not be removed. Burn it now. I do not care if next Sunday there's not a soul in here. If the room is empty and I have an audience of one, I will preach with boldness. And I pray that it would be true for all of us. We do not care how many fill these seats, but we will come with urgency desiring to see the kingdom as a body of Christ together. We will receive the identities of our brothers and sisters that surround us, and we will rejoice because someone came to encounter Jesus this morning. Amen. That will be us. We will come running through the door. The doors will not be able to open up fast enough because we just desire to meet with Jesus with our brothers and sisters. And if there's only one that meets us here, I will rejoice because one has met me here. And I get to rejoice and and worship and serve and pursue my God with them. Not an individual, but a corporate body. Where there is more than one, the corporate body of Christ is established. And you are the head of that body. No matter how small or how big, you are the head of the body of Christ. And so we, pursuing the God of hope, will come every morning with hope. And if this auditorium is to remain empty with just a handful of people in it we will rejoice because we do not care the number we don't care the attendance we care about the pursuit of King Jesus and his kingdom established here on earth that is all we desire and that is all we will pursue Lord I pray that right now over these eyes that have been anointed to seek kindness, you would put blinders on that they would not see where there is empty seats, but they would see where there are full seats. They would not see the heart that doesn't desire you. They would see the heart that urges after you.
They would not focus on those that have walked away, but they would focus on those that are coming in Jesus' name. For you have spoken and we are seeing it there as a highway of holiness that leads to sundown Texas because you have a business here and you are calling people here. Because in this place you have anointed that there will be fruit and this will be a place that looks more like the kingdom than it does anything else. You have spoken it and your word does not return void so we will not lose hope because of a few empty chairs. We will come constantly reflecting on the promises that you have spoken over this place. You have spoken it over this city. Period. And that speaking and that word spoken is not dependent on the attendance of a Sunday sermon in a Sunday church service. And we believe it and we receive it. Because you have also said that to him who stewards little, he will be set over much. Because his heart treats little as though it is much. And it is much. How can we measure the preciousness of one life? Because if we are the co-heirs with Christ, sons and daughters to the King, we have to recognize who our King is, and He is the one that leaves the 99 for the one. So we will rejoice over the one. We will rejoice over the seats that are full. I could care less how many are empty. And we will come with urgency and we will speak truth. No matter the chairs, no matter the attendance, no matter how we feel or don't feel, no matter the day, we will speak truth and we will rejoice for our God reigns and we are children of victory. Our God reigns. And that truth is not dictated by the things of this world. So Lord, I pray right now as we are still receiving that You would remove you would remove our ability to co compare and measure. The comparison and measurement would be things that we have distant memories of but couldn't clearly articulate or remember anything of. Remove those from our minds for we were not made for comparison and measurement. We are meant to overflow. We are meant to be more than what anything can measure. We are meant to receive more than anything can measure. So I pray that we would rejoice in that reality and we would come each and every day thankful for the breath in our lungs, looking for every small or large opportunity for kindness, not caring what it is, just rejoicing over the fact that we have an opportunity for kindness. And we should be a rejoicing people because every breath in our lungs is an opportunity for kindness. So there should never be a moment where we are not rejoicing. Let it be. Because that is the key. If we want to see people in here, and we do, God, we do desire to see more come to know you, come to walk with you, come to say yes to the vision, to say yes to the anointing on their lives. We want to see it, Jesus. But just because we don't see seats filled in here does not mean you are not in the business of doing what you have always done. Because you are the way maker. 
miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And that is not dictated by any comparison or measurement. In Jesus' name we receive and we say yes and we say amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.